Hello and welcome to the first edition of your Purple Theory Weekend Recap. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and I'm here this weekend with my co-host, Grant McGalliard, here to talk about TCU's 37-34 loss at the hands of Iowa State yesterday in Fort Worth. TCU started slow, scoring only seven points in the first half, but then outscored Iowa State 27-21 in the second half. A last-minute touchdown kind of was almost the equalizer. Too little, too late, and the Frogs are 0-1 on the season. So, Grant, how are you this evening? And, uh, how are you feeling about the game yesterday? I'm doing great this evening, Parker. And the farther away I get from the end of the game, the better I feel about how TCU played. Does that make sense? I totally agree with that. I, I went back and deleted a bunch of tweets, not because I was embarrassed about what I said, but because it's like, okay, it's fine to good to like vent and whatever, but I wanted to kind of wipe the slate clean and just say, what did I see? And um, Grant, I got to tell you, this is going to sound weird coming from me, but man, I loved the offense. Man, they looked good in the second half. The offense looked good. They opened it up. They were throwing the ball down the field and over the middle of the field, which I know you're a big fan of, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later. But that, in a nutshell, is what the TCU offense should look like. I mean, it's not going to be the best game they'll have all season, fingers crossed. But when things are running, that's what an average half for TCU should look like. Receivers were getting open. Uh, running backs were finding lanes. And Duggan was making smart throws. Uh, his one interception was – a complete fluke and it, it it looked by all accounts like a normal functioning college offense which we haven't seen from the frogs in a couple of years it did i think i think you could almost take it for granted that when max came in and we'll talk about that here in a second um when max came in it felt like a veteran offense like it felt like a relief yeah. we took it for granted and said oh he's good like this is great i mean uh, grant he was four for four on balls uh, 20 yards down the field. Uh, PFF graded him mm-hmm. 95.3 on his three passes over the, over the middle of the field, uh, 20 yards. Um, and then he had two for two. Uh, there were 10, 10 yards in the middle of the field, and he was graded 90 out of 100 there. So really, really good performance. Uh, overall, a 90.4 grade for Max Duggan in the passing game on Saturday. Um, and, uh, and that would be his highest performance, according to PFF, by – uh, leaps and bounds by uh, just just a really really yeah. crisp performance he came out he shook off a little bit of rust he struggled with the snap on one play and they lost 14 yards and that killed a drive and that sucks and and that that really uh, was one of the the defining moments of the game unfortunately but outside yeah. of that man uh, offense looks really really good they scored 21 offensive points there three touchdown drives um, all of them were were kind of sustained put together drives uh, I think the Yards per drive on those touchdowns in the second half were, if I'm reading this correctly, a 92-yard drive, a 62-yard drive, and then uh, they took advantage of a short field on that 36-yard drive. But moved the ball very well. Max Duggan had um, over 200 passing yards and three touchdowns in the second half, which, Grant, uh, you love to see it. You, you, You really do love to see it, Parker, and I agree. He looked a little rusty. Really, the one qualm I have with Max is that he has a little bit of Brett Favre in him and that he throws every ball as hard as he possibly can, it seems. So on some of those short routes, I mean, the interception was not Duggan's fault. Barber should have caught that. But it was a hard, high ball that was difficult to catch. And, and some of the times, I think his receivers could have had more um, yards after the catch had he hit them in stride or, or made, you know, they didn't have to adjust for such a hard ball. But he looked good. Um, it is weird looking at the drive charts that TCU's longest scoring drive was the final one. It was 13 plays for 92 yards and two minutes and 54 seconds. If you're down by nine, 
maybe don't run a 13 play drive. You know what I'm saying? Kind of push the ball a little bit more. Um, but overall I, I was, I was happy with, with how the TCU offense played. I, I, I thought we saw some receivers impress Quentin Johnson. I thought looked great. Um, Diggers Davis came in and made a couple good plays and, and, uh, and Tay Barber obviously finally caught a touchdown from Max Duggan breaking the streak from last year where he didn't actually reach the end zone. So it, it was encouraging except we lost by three. Yeah, so it did feel like a, a, an imminently winnable game that TCU just came up short on, which is, um, one, encouraging, but also very frustrating um, because any game yep. that TCU could have won, they, they should have won. So uh, I think I'll just, I'll just monologue about this for a second, but there are some rumors surrounding Max Duggan not being in the first half, and yeah, they, range from, they range from pragmatic to nonsensical. Uh, Duggan did not come in the entire half. Matt Downing played he was fine. They put him in the opportunities to make short throws. He made some of them. He had a good one good downfield ball and then a couple of under throws that receivers were able to go get. Um, he made some boneheaded mistakes. He made some under throws. He doesn't have the physical tools to be a D1 college football FBS power five quarterback. And that's fine. No one should expect that of him. And he did admirably in this situation. There's no reason for him to have been in the game strategically. Uh, there are some rumors that there are non-strategic off-field reasons why Max Duggan was out for the entire first half. I will say, um, one, the TCU staff is um, saying the exact opposite of that and saying that it was conditioning. Um, and so... I, I don't know who to believe there, but that's that's a little bit frustrating that there's some confusion. I will also say if whatever whatever Max Duggan may or may not have done, Baker Mayfield got a two-drive suspension for standing on national television and um, I'll say making some obscene and inappropriate gestures at Kansas while they were winning by like 50. So I just, I just think we got to talk about what discipline looks like in the context of trying to win football games and compete nationally. Uh, again, don't know the situation. Don't even know if the situation is true. Just very frustrating that TCU ha uh, hamstrung themselves in the first half for non-field reasons, potentially imposing some sort of uh, penalty or suspension that was perhaps draconian, perhaps too much. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that, if you have any? Well, I, I'm glad you brought up that Baker Mayfield thing just because I was on duty at diehards.com when that happened, and we were trying to figure out the best way to phrase that in the headline, and it was one of the more entertaining Slack conversations I've ever had. Like, what word do we use for making the, you know, uh, the whack-off motion or whatever you want to call it? Uh, anyway, you, it was very Did you use the headline, Baker shakes his Mayfield at Kansas? Because that's what I would have done. <laughs> no, but I'm, I, thank it's you. It's pretty good. I, I it's pretty good. Um, yeah, so, so that was frustrating no, I, just the I, first half I, offense. I don't know. I, 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 you got to do it, stuff. It, you got to run a program. I don't know that I have a comment on that, but yeah. Well, I, I, I agree. And here's, and I, I'm not going to take this space to like poo poo downing just because, like you said, you, you said what I think. He should have been in the game in the first place. He did fine, whatever. But we, the offensive line got some flack, and I think deservedly so because they were giving up sacks to three man rushes. And it really put TCU in a bind. I mean, Iowa State scored off one of those uh, on a fumble from a three-man rush. Um, and, and the offense looked like crap because they couldn't get the ball downfield. Again, I'm not trying to besmirch Downing, but Duggan has the, a better ability to move around in the pocket. And although the line should be doing its job, some of those sacks were because the quarterback wasn't – he wasn't helping them out. Either he wasn't getting the ball out quick or he, was, he didn't have the sense in his head to say, hey, I need to move here, roll out here, do whatever. And when Duggan came in, you saw a lot of those problems go away. Now, I think he was still sacked three times, if I'm correct, in the second half. But um, like one of those straight blindside, all that. It just – the offense 
looked better with Duggan in because Duggan is a good quarterback. And I think the line got – I was hard on him on Twitter – but I do think they kind of had all of their mistakes amplified because the quarterback situation wasn't doing anything to help in the first half. Yes. And the first half was bad and we have to, so I'm really excited, Grant. I have for the first time actual like offensive line data just because I have yes. snap counts and grades from pro football focus. So those are, those are really great. Um, yeah. So looking at guys who were given uh, a pass block rating this weekend, it, there really is kind of a difference between once they shuffled people all around and who got in um, and, and then the pass grade. So um, Austin Myers had the most pass blocking snaps. He had 53. He was graded at 0. 0.8. Um, Austin Myers had a terrible day. He got worked by Jaquan Bailey. Um, there were times where his hips were turned inside and Bailey was running around him. There were times where his hips were turned outside and he couldn't recover to get in. He had a very, very bad game against a very good defender, but he looked hapless. Um, and so uh, Quasel White struggled. Quasel White a lot looked like he and Esteban Avila did not communicate about how to help at all. And there were more than one sack where the nose tackle or hurry where the nose tackle just got by the, the center uh, and Quasa White didn't do anything to help. They just weren't, they weren't on each other's radar, uh, which is inexcusable against a three-man rush to have the nose tackle hitting your quarterback. Um, and so Quasa White was 65, Esteban Avila was 66, Andrew Coker, the other tackle, uh, he got rotated out actually pretty early. He, uh, he was only 35 snaps and was a 52.6 grade. But if I'm putting on a bright spot, uh, Coy McMillan took over at center in the second half and he did, uh, I think I texted you about this. He did ruin a speed option, uh, with a design speed option with Max and yeah. Andre Miller because he snapped it too high. And so they couldn't run the play. Uh, and that was disappointing. But outside of that, Coy McMillan was an 84.9 pass block, uh, grade on 27 pass block snaps. And then transfer Brandon Coleman came in, uh, and was 81.4, uh, on 19 snaps. So some potential, um, encouragement there and you know some of that's like general equilibrium if they're running a tempo offense and running a lot of stick and getting the ball out quickly uh time to throw right. isn't as much of an issue there so well, I, don't, I don't know what you saw on that but well for sure and, and it's funny the, the fumble wasn't even Myers it was Stormont who came into the game and I was excited to see TJ Stormont and then Jaquan Bailey if I recall just jogged around him to the quarterback uh it was one of the weirder blocking mistakes I've seen in a while but yeah no no I, I completely agree I mean the line did not have a good game I'm excited that Coy McMillan looked better than he did last year. Um, we talked last week. I don't know why Avila got the start, um, but if McMillan is developing, that's a good thing because I, we, we joke a lot about um, who Gary Patterson sends to press conferences, but he was at a lot of press conferences last year and seems to be a, a smart, cerebral dude. And if he can also block well, that's a plus. And, and um, we had said that TCU had eight starters at offensive line and they saw all yes. eight of them. Stormont literally had that one drive and he did not come back in and he shouldn't have. Um, Which also but, makes yeah. you think that maybe TCU, TCU might have like four starters on the offensive line. It's, um, yeah, it's so kind they, of a two quarterbacks, no quarterback situation there for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, is there uh, – I do want to talk about the uh, receivers real quick before we move on to the defense. Um, Parker, I mean, they we are spoiled for choice at wideout. I, I was really impressed by Quentin Johnson. Obviously, Barber's good. Even Blair Conright caught that touchdown at the end of the game. Um, I was going to say, I, I have to eat crow on that because I thought Blair Conright was a red herring, and he was involved and good. Blair Conright mm -hmm. caught three balls for 74 yards. He was targeted, oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't have targets right in front of me. He caught three balls a few times, and, but yeah. and yeah, caught a touchdown at the end. And a pretty good catch. I think he has good hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think he's a good hands. I mean, 
listen, if we're going to use him, you know, I might as well be good. Um, DeMarcado had five catches, 42 yards. That's more than I'd like to see my running back get involved in the offense. I feel like a lot of those were check downs. Uh, now, there were completed passes, and that's great. But a lot of those, it felt like Downing, Downing especially, and then Duggan as well, checked down a lot more than, than – and, and maybe he didn't have any options, but some of those passes weren't going too far past the line of scrimmage. But overall, I thought the receiving core had a really good day, and it was, it was really, really encouraging, especially because Pro Wells didn't play. Um, yeah, yeah. Pro, so no, no Pro Wells injury, and right? – Artavius yeah. Lynn did a great job kind of filling in for that. I, I heard did. that Pro Wells hadn't, hadn't practiced in a little bit, was having some issues there. Um, one stat about the wide receivers I really, really like, Grant, is that uh, like Quentin Johnston, he had two catches. One of them was a touchdown, 50 total yards. Uh, 38 of his yards were after the catch. And so that is yep. a good kind of barometer for what's happening with TCU offense because that means those aren't short possession routes. Those are hitting a receiver in stride. And so one, Downing yep. had a good one on that. Um, uh, I think that was a better catch than it was a threat. Like Johnson made that happen. Um, but then yeah. also Artavius Lynn had uh, 36 yards after the catch. Um, and so that's just, I just think that's a really, really good, Hey, you're hitting the guy in stride. You're hitting him in space that Artavius Lynn touchdown where he was just wide open and, you know, jogged 20 yards mm-hmm. to the end zone. Like that's indicative of the scheme going well. And so I think there's, there's lots of positives, especially in the second half about this offense, about receivers clicking. They're not being too many timing issues with Duggan, which is what you'd worry about him having truncated practice time. Mm-hmm. And then also looking at um, kind of where they are in scheme. This isn't a dink and dunk offense. They are really kind of running some more of these spread air rate concepts, which is uh, pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is great. I mean, and yeah, that's, that's, we agree. But I, I, do you have anything else on the offense? Cause I'm mad about the defense and I would like to talk about it. I do want to talk about the defense. I just want to, I'm going to write about this, but I do want to just shout out, man, that like tunnel screen, whatever to yeah. Artavius Lynn is one of my favorite TCU plays of all time. So it was like, they yeah. did return motion, which they never do. So Tay Barber ran into the backfield, came around in front of the cornerback before the snap. And then when it snapped, he ran kind of an arc motion jet sweep back out that way quarterback Mm -hmm. turns that way looks back the other running back runs a swing route and then Artavius Lynn runs a tunnel screen so it's just like all sorts of craziness happening there and I thought that was fun and kind of spicy and and a little bit different for uh you know than the TCU's normal kind of bland screen it 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 was beautiful and I I want to sing songs about it but I I would no offense to Artavius Lynn who was a better athlete than I am but I would like to see someone a little quicker get that ball um, yeah, because when Lynn scored on his touchdown, he was rumbling, bumbling and stumbling to the end zone. And I think if you get like a speedy wide out in that spot, maybe it goes for more yards. But I agree. It's an absolutely beautiful play design. And it worked. I mean, yeah, it, it was, I mean, really it was well second and 15. Day. And they called it for, you know, for uh, second and I think second and 10. And and he, they got nine yards. And so it's like, eh, it's not yeah. as good on second and 15. But it was, it was great on, on. Yeah, a really great call yeah. there. Um, yeah, overall, uh, really good. Uh, yeah, there there were two drops. Mikhail Barkley just dropped a pass that you yep. should have caught. That that kind of stalled the first drive. Uh, and then DeMarco Foster dropped one he probably should have caught, but he's a running back, so I don't hold it against him. And then really the only fault with the receivers is a, a little bit Max threw the ball too hard, but uh, Tay Barber on that interception, like that just that can't happen. You have to catch that ball. It hits yeah. you in the hands. That it's... ball's got to go straight to the ground if it's not in your hands. And so that really mm-hmm. was kind of the defining um, moment on on offense there. Um, weirdly enough, too, speaking about the offense, TCU was uh, in the positive on uh, starting field position, Grant. Iowa State started at just, just about their own 20, and TCU started about their 25. Um, and so you'd like to see uh, a little bit more 
uh, benefit from that kind of if we're talking about like in expectation should TCU have won that game there's suggestion okay. that they had some better context than Iowa State um let me read off a couple numbers real quick uh there'll be a deep breakdown of this in my in my piece tomorrow morning subscribe to the newsletter but uh TCU 40 percent success rate overall 37 percent on rushing 42 percent on passing uh plus 0.142 EPA per play grant a third of a point, 0.313 EPA per pass, and that's including Downing being in in the second half. Uh, when Max was in, they were averaging 0.29 EPA per pass. 0.29 EPA per pass with Max Duggan. Uh, a third of a point, just really, really good uh, passing there on the uh, – on the yeah. Uh, offensive side, sorry, and uh, and the last thing is we'll 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 transition to the defense here really quickly because TCU got outgained on early downs by four point seven yards. Iowa State was averaging nine point nine eight yards per first and second down early downs, and TCU was averaging five point two eight. So Grant, let's use that transition. Uh, let's let's talk about the defense. Okay, let's uh, and I, I, we said the defense three times, and now I want to also point something out real quick because you talked about field position. Why is Tony Wallace returning kicks? I don't know. Because I don't think he – I think we have players that could be better at it. Wasn't our – but our Darius Washington was out there the first time. I know. Well, I know, but Wallace had all the kick returns, four for 60. I mean, it's an average of 15 yards per kick return. Yeah. That's I not didn't, good. I didn't like that. I think TCU got robbed of a flag um, that was I think uh, so. Later. But... And then also, yeah, I, I, I mean – you know, it's highly interchangeable. Uh, I don't know. I, I assume they'll rotate some guys out there. I did like J.D. Spielman on punts. I thought he did a great job. He made some really smart decisions. You love to see a guy plant his feet on the 10 and fair catch mm-hmm. and make sure it goes to a touchback. He did that a couple times. He had a couple good returns uh, that got marred by penalties. But, um, yeah, uh, a missed field goal and then TCU punted from, like, the 30 and the 40. Other than that, I, I like special yeah, teams overall. Brutal. Yeah, I know. No, you're right. I just you mentioned field position. It reminded me how much I was annoyed by that because I feel like we could have had a, a, a guy in there that could make better plays. But anyway, yeah, talking about the defense. So I don't understand how TCU made the same mistake essentially twice on two of those long runs by, uh, by, by Brees Hall. So it, it's the safety coming down through the middle. And, and, and they pointed this out on the broadcast. Mark Helfrich, I thought was awkward, but made good points, which is that the wide receiver is blocking in and pushing his cornerback towards the safety. And, and if I'm using my hands here, podcasts, as we all know, are a visual medium. But pushing the cornerback the in towards the safety, and the safety is just choosing the wrong side of the wide receiver to crash down on. So uh, it was Washington one time, I know. It, I don't think it was Merrick. It could have been Van Sant. No, it, was, it was Merrick the first time, and then it was Washington twice. It, it was, was all Washington. three okay. runs. Uh, the yep. third down, Brees Hall touchdown that kind of iced the game was that yep. exact same thing as well, just out of a different formation. Um, yeah. That's, that's something Campbell has on tape. That's something Matt Campbell knows. It TCU is. is playing this run fit. TCU is lining up like this. If I get the wide receiver there, it creates a barrier. Because the receiver wasn't blocking. The receiver was, in effect, blocking two oh, guys just, just by being in that position right. and making the safety choose. Yeah, and the safety chose wrong both times. And so that just leaves no one on – basically one half of the field. So once you get past the line, it, it, you, you got wide open spaces. I mean, it, it looked like TCU had just lined up on, on you know, the, the boundary side and not even cover the field side both times. And it was just extremely, extremely annoying. Um, and if you make that mistake once, that's fine. You make it again. And maybe Campbell sees something on film, but that's an adjustment that you have to make because you've already got burned by it once. 
Yeah, well, and it does and, feel anyway, a lot that's, like that's, that's that's like TCU. I mean, that's just yeah. I, okay, I, I'm sure that's probably the overall defensive philosophy. I'm sure, but it just looked bad when it happened twice. And you could point out the same thing. You know, Helfrich did. Look, hey, the wide receiver's doing this again, and now, oh, it's a 60 yard touchdown. Yeah, and and, and those those three plays are about the only bad things that Ardarius Washington and Trayvon Maring did. Maring had a couple great tackles on Charlie Kolar, yep. where Kolar had space, yep. and Maring took it away from him. Uh, and Washington played really, really well. Uh, as well. Um, overall, they were both in the 60s on their grades just because they did give up, you know, made, made pretty pretty costly decisions there uh, on those two big runs. Um, uh, before we go negative, they're, they're, we're going to go negative and we know what it's about. Uh, how good is D Winters? How great is D Winters? Oh, God. Unexpectedly, so, just I'm so amazing. I'm so excited that D Winters is out there on the field. Um, yeah, first off, I should say, uh, Ardarius Washington is my youngest son, and I love him, and I didn't mean to be harsh on him, but it makes me mad. But, yes, having D Winters there, I mean, some of the tackles he made on Purdy scrambles, save the touchdown, I know, on at least one, and putting him beside Wallow, like, that's just such a good linebacking duo. Um, imagine who we have on the bench that could even spell them for a time, but I'm sure we'll get to that. Well, that's that's where I want to go negative. So again, Wallow is our 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 workhorse, and we Sorry. take him for granted. And he he did great as well. Had a really good game. Uh, Wallow was, um, I, I think, I'm I'm trying to get his exact tackle numbers that I just had. Uh, he, he had, had total five solo, a sack, and two tackles for loss. Yes, yes. Uh, so 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 some really just good coverage all over the field. He and Winters kind of. Um, you know, you'd like to see them have equal totals because that means they're spreading the field and, and getting to getting a spot. Mm-hmm. So um, really, really good there. The uh, yeah. So, so, so we have to talk about. Gosh, I don't want to go negative. Lekendrick Van Zandt had six targets and only allowed, um, you know, uh, a couple yards there. So he was, he was pretty great as well. And he had the easiest touch. He had the easiest touchdown of all time. Yes, that, that is a textbook, look what I found. Uh, and, uh, he, you know, he, yeah. What's funny is he could have let that bounce. It was backwards. And he still caught it like it was a pop oh, yeah. fly. Yeah, and, and just jogged in the end zone. Um, so good for him. Like to see him getting involved. Uh, the safety is definitely going to have to talk about some run, run fits stuff that I don't know as much about. But clearly there's something wrong there because of those big plays. And then uh, kind of that one swing pass that uh, set up a, mm-hmm. an Iowa State field goal. Uh, okay, we have to talk about the defensive line, Grant. We have to talk about the defensive line. Um, it was very not good. How no. not good was it? It was extremely not good. It was extremely not good. It, it was not good in pass defense. It was not good in pass rush. And it was not good in stopping the run. I mean, you, you saw what a good defensive line looked like. And that was Iowa State. I mean, they, they were in the backfield all day. They were pressuring Duggan, pressuring Downing. And they were wreaking havoc. Purdy, for the most part, had all the time in the world. You look at the sacks. Garrett Wallow had one. Okay. And your boy, Parker Workman, had one. All right, well, Wall is a linebacker, so he's crashing down. The rest of the defensive line did not hurry the quarterback one. I take that back. Corey Bethley had a quarterback hurry. Good for you, Corey Bethley. God, God Besides that, Corey Birdie Bethley. had all the time in the world. He was able to scramble. He could stand around and dance. What did you say? I said, God bless Corey Bethley. God bless Corey Bethley. He's working hard. He had zero tackles. The, the, I mean, it, it was it, – it was, I'm looking now at the stats. I'm, I'm trying to see how many tackles our defensive line had. Two – we have four tackles. It's not good. Total. It's not what you want. It's not good. Um, they also hit the quarterback once. Garrett Wallow hit him once, and Corey Bethley hit him once. Uh, that yeah. is not how you get Brock Purdy disrupted. And, and, and TCU had a lid on Brock Purdy in coverage, and they could have just eviscerated Iowa State's offense if they had any sort 
of defensive line play. Look, there's four guys there. You've got to make tackles. You've got to plug holes. Um, and so I do not understand for the life of me why, again, this goes back to some rumors, whatever, but like you have Marcel Brooks right there. Go to three down, mm-hmm. put him on the edge, disrupt Purdy. Mathis and Workman, rotate them. That's fine. They both have their moments. But like it is, it is looking more and more like unless something changes, neither slash both of them are not every down players. Um, but it's who TCU has. And, and it just, I just don't think that does a good job of maximizing talent, especially with someone as dynamic of Brooks on the field that could potentially go out and in a little bit of flatter coverage, kind of give you a more linebacker body out there. Do, do you have uh... – Participation stats for Brooks, how many plays he was on the field? Uh, Brooks, I have Brooks playing three plays. Okay. He had Non-special teams plays. On those. He had two tackles. So maybe one of the special teams, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think, I, I think he, were, he was only – he didn't get a grade for defense. He okay. didn't have enough. So, so if, he, if, if he had three plays, he made two tackles. O'Shawn Mathis had two tackles total. Jeez, and, and he played for most of the game. Now, listen, I'm not trying to bury the kid. I'm, I'm just trying to make a point that clearly Burks is very talented and clearly what the rest of the defensive line is doing isn't, isn't, it, it, it definitely didn't work against Iowa state. We'll say that. Although Brandon Bowen had a tackle. He is healthy. God he bless. Is. And he's big. He is so very, he looked, he looked like a tackle. I was, I was flirting with him potentially playing man. and he's a tackle now. Uh, he's a big boy. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, uh, uh, Nook Bradford got involved a little bit, had five snaps. Jamoy Hodge, who was competing for that linebacker job in spring mm-hmm. in, in fall and potentially looks to be like the candidate to take that over in the future, uh, got involved. So, so it was good to see a lot of people there. Um, but I mean, the, the defensive line for as good as this, the back seven is, the front four uh, has to get better, and specifically the, the defensive ends. And this is just going to be a problem. Um, Sam Ellinger, I mean, is very similar to Brock Purdy in that he can have this mobile threat, and he is potentially not going through whatever uh, space jam, I touch the basketball and I'm not good anymore thing that Brock Purdy is dealing with. And so against Texas this week, the defensive ends are going to have to get better. Otherwise, Sam Ellinger is going to make them pay uh, even more than Brock Purdy did. For sure, and I was thinking about ways to get around that, and I I didn't see, I need to go back and rewatch it again one more time, um, but it looked like TCU was spying a little bit on Purdy, especially on kind of longer plays to make sure he wasn't going to be able to scramble, and that's good. They should do that against Sam Ellinger, and it worked. I mean, Purdy ran eight times for six yards, yep. Um, so he was able to dance around in the backfield, but I think they had TCU deployed. I, don't, I think it was linebackers. I'm almost pretty sure it was Wallow on nearly every play to say, "Hey, just don't let him scramble." You know, and, and Winters, we talked about, had a couple good tackles there just past the line of scrimmage, making sure he doesn't scramble. So you can use that same same uh, strategy against Ellinger, but also uh, Ellinger has really good receivers and knows how to throw the football. So and if you're not, need if to you're get not getting pressure. to him, yeah, yeah if you're not getting pressures, uh, it's, it's just not going to go well. So, yeah, TC's pass yeah. rush, nobody – Garrett Wallow on three rushes had a grade above 60. Everybody else was below 50. Um, and your defensive ends – Parker Workman was 58.2. Uh, O'Shawn Mathis was 59.8 grade on the pass rush. Just really, really poor performances. Um, you, you need at least one of those guys to be disruptive, and, and neither of them were. So uh, that's, that's definitely something to look out for. Um, Grant, any other thoughts can I about the real quick, Parker? Yeah, oh, go ahead. Can I just sit real quick? I don't know how often you've looked at – well, I, I know we're just kind of now delving into the era when we had PFF grades. But Austin Myers got a .8. Austin Myers got a point eight, man. Is that that's that's honestly impressive? I, I just because I was like, okay, wait, that's a zero to a hundred scale. 
And then we were talking about the defensive line grades. I'm like, they didn't play a good game, and they were still in the 50s. Uh, that is yeah. not good. No, very that bad. Um, he good. definitely did not have uh, – gosh. I'm a just, good game. I'm, yeah, he did not have a good game. That's all I can yeah. say about it. He didn't have he, a good game. Yes, yeah, look, we all have off days. We all have yeah. off days. Yep. And, and growing um, or whatever, sure. and, and ultimately, uh, kind of my, my final thoughts on Iowa State generally are that the defense played very well. They had some very obvious things that they have to clean up, uh, and then the defensive, uh, defensive ends specifically have to get better. Um, and the offense in the second half looked really, really good. I saw a lot of dynamic play calling, um, maybe more so in the first half, which I wish, again, they would be as weird as they yeah. were for downing but with Duggan because that would be a better offense. But I was very pleased with middle of the field, kind of uh, more of those air raid, put your foot in the ground and, and throw the ball, kind of routes, mm-hmm. get the ball out of his hands, um, and some, some cool rushing uh, ideas there. Um, I think you might remember this offseason, I wrote kind of my five principles to fix TCU's offense. And quarterback runs yep. and getting the line involved were, were two of those uh, and I saw a bunch of like GT kind of fold stuff uh, where mm-hmm. linemen were pulling. I saw a bunch of designed runs. And so uh, pretty, pretty pleased with play calling, pretty optimistic that Meacham is here and, and going to do the right things. We'll just see yeah. how that translates kind of in, a, in, in TC's first, you know, full game this weekend. For sure. And I'll say this about the line. I, I thought they, they blocked the run. Okay. I mean, I, you know, TCU had, well, I'm looking at the stats, and I, I might take that back. But I don't know. It, it, it felt like there were holes. I, I don't know. I, I just think that kind of summing up the Iowa State game as well, this was a game TCU should have won, and it was one of those games where it, it, TCU was so clearly, in my opinion, a team with more inventive ideas that had better players and yet just made two or three crucial mistakes that lost in the game. And – that seems to be a trend that has happened in recent years. It happened last year against Oklahoma State, just letting Hubbard go on those two long runs. Happened against West Virginia. It, it's a very disturbing trend, and I would like for it to stop, Parker. And unfortunately, against Texas next week, I don't know if it will. Yeah, that's it's it's definitely one of those like how does that keep happening sort of deals there. Yeah. Um, the other, I'll flip this to the other side in true TCU fashion. Um, listen to TCU's uh, yards per play by quarter last year or last uh, last Saturday uh, on early downs, just on early downs. First quarter four point seven five, second quarter three point seven six, third quarter four point seven five, fourth quarter six point nine. Four. Uh, they passed 27% or they ran 27% of the time on early downs of the fourth quarter. They let it fly. They let Max Duggan run the offense and they were extremely successful 50%. But again, it was too little too late. So hopefully they can get some of that started in the first couple halves, maybe show up to the game a half hour early and uh, get a little warm and, and uh, maybe get sure. going a little bit earlier uh, against Texas this weekend. And also, so, maybe, and also maybe start Max Duggan. See if that helps. I, controversial bold strategy we'll have to weigh the pros and cons there i don't i don't know um grant uh this week if you are following along uh the purple theory newsletter you're going to get tomorrow uh your and my breakdowns of the weekend some of these stat stuff and a little bit uh more fleshed out form some uh snap count reports some scheme and detail and then wednesday you're going to um get a preview so tomorrow's recap is going to be free that is our last piece that is out 
in front of the paywall. Um, we are, we're going full coverage. Uh, the Texas game preview will be behind the paywall uh, six months a month. Buy us a beer and we'll give you some damn good TCU coverage. That's the deal. Um, so make sure you do that. Purpletheory.substack.com. On Wednesday night, we have the podcast uh, previewing Texas. And Friday, we'll have our look ahead with uh, a, a couple guests doing the roundtable as well. So make sure you've got all that good content. Um, and we'll be on Twitter uh, between now and then as well. <laughs>